In the last couple of days, there's been a central theme that's come through in a lot of the conversation that I've had and um, kind of had an idea where Emmanuel and Jen were going to go with some of their feedback purely because we've been chatting to them. So it's amazing how that works. But just speaking about the, the, the ladies that come in and meet with Jen when uh, she, she goes for Amy's ballet lessons and if Emmanuel didn't suggest that it was one of the questions I was going to ask so I prepped my questions that you guys covered in your your talking um, Emmanuel mentioned the the I group and the group of guys and I was chatting to a, a gentleman at the kids school the other day and he was just saying how at their church from another church in Belito they've started a group on a Thursday morning for men and but then on a Thursday uh, once a month they do on a Thursday evening a briar that is for guys to come together and the purpose of the bri is to open up the opportunity for guys to meet and I've heard some pretty tragic stories in the last while of men who were probably feeling quite isolated and just the stuff that happened and the things that unfolded and and this gentleman shared about how a friend of his came and shared his testimony a little while ago and had been going through quite a, a dark space with work and some stuff that had materialized that was out of his control. So he was a good friend of mine, but I had no idea where he was and what was happening. So I kind of just, this thing's been stirring in my heart. And, and I had a, a friend who, for me, was the one guy who I could be 100% fully vulnerable with and in November of last year, he passed away. And, and he was a guy who, we had a, a great relationship of openness and honesty. And, and I think he was probably one of the, the few people that saw the, the, the most vulnerable of me. And, and this thing's been kind of stirring in my heart as to what does that mean? How does this, how does this impact us? And kind of as I've been praying through this morning and saying, Lord, what is it that you want to share? I'm not going to share for long. I'm going to share probably only for about 10 minutes, but I want to stir something in our hearts that hopefully open ourselves up to making ourselves available for the people around us. And, and so much of what Emmanuel and Jen said, I, I love how Emmanuel opens up by saying, we've had quite a relaxed, rested time. And then he shares about fellowship with people. And that tells me that it didn't come out of a place of hard work. Actually, God's busy opening doors and, and, and it's become a natural byproduct of their life. And therefore, it's not something that they're straining to do. It's something that's happening naturally. Um, sharing about the one neighbor who have been living there for years and they've built up a friendship now because I think that they were in their kitchen when he walked past and knocked on their door and said hello. Um, and now this, this family has a friendship group in in Cape Town and that's evidence of just the I think the heart of Jesus and how he did things so if you look at the word table it occurs 90 times throughout scripture 32 times is across the New Testament and it is often linked to the word recline or reclined. Now, if you go look at this in the, in the Greek, the word is sun and ak mahi. 
Okay, so it's one heck of a long Greek word. But it means to recline together, to feast together, to recline in company with at a meal or sit down at a table together. And, and the purpose of this is to get together and just enjoy each other's company. Now, the word recline for me speaks of a relaxed environment. Because when you are stressed and when you are pensive, you don't sit and recline. Reclining is a very relaxed, chilled way. Now, some of the examples of when Jesus reclined at the table, well, he was at the tax collectors, the calling of Matthew, and the, 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 the Pharisees came and said, but why would you sit in the presence of so many sinners? But he was reclining there, and he says, actually, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. And I'm not here to, to save the, the, the ones that, that don't need help. And he was reclining in the presence of these people. I think of the fact that when Jesus was reclining at the table of Simon the leper, so the prostitute comes and breaks open the alabaster jar and starts to anoint his feet. And the disciples look at this and say, but how, how crazy is it that she's wasting so much money? This was worth a year's wages. He said, don't worry, the poor will always be amongst you. But there's a moment like this that's required. Now, unbeknown to them, the alabaster jar was the perfume that prostitutes used to cover up the smell of the men that they had been with before. She breaks open the alabaster jar and she breaks the neck of the thing that held her captive in the life that she previously lived. And it was a prophetic declaration of actually, I'm a new creation. And she anoints Jesus and he says, she's anointing me for my burial. When Jesus was reclining, he had the moment with Mary and Martha and he refined what it means to work and to serve him. And he says, actually, Martha, you're getting distracted with the wrong things. But Mary, who's sitting at my feet, what she's doing is good. Greg Wegerly, he's a guy on eldership at Glenridge, made a statement to me a little while ago. And he said that, and I've shared this with you a couple of times, but... There are not enough churches to meet the un unreached, to meet the lost, but there are enough dining room tables. And, and this word of table has just really struck me, and it's something that has been kind of stirring on my heart for the last while. And, and I think a table is not necessarily a physical table, but it, it represents a meeting space. So a picnic blanket is a table. Um... Uh, sitting around a braai area, uh, sitting around a fire pit, uh, sitting at a coffee shop. One of the things I love about John is often he's, he's on a group called um, Belito Social. It's a bunch of young guys in Belito. And I'll often see a message pop out on the group saying, hey guys, I'm at the market. If you're keen for a coffee, pop in. And one or two people during the course of the day will pop in and just link up with him for a cup of coffee. And, and what I've realized is it's in these places that Jesus gave profound truths. It was in these places that he broke bread. It was in these places that people's lives were restored. I mean, the calling of the disciples. There was stuff that happened around the dining room table where he got to know people. But more importantly, they got to know him. And I've just had a, a sense in my heart this morning in light of what Emmanuel and Jen were sharing is, are we willing to open up? our dining room tables? Are we willing to open up our 
picnic blankets and, and go and just engage. The night we had a bride at the pool and it was such a lack of time. Um, got to meet people I'd never met before in, in the estate and it was just such a special moment being around the table and throwing some meat on a bra and jumping in the pool, seeing the kids start to connect with kids that they haven't connected with. And we get to know the stories of people. This thing of the I group is often we don't engage at a level where people are actually sharing who they are. And there's something about that connection where someone knows who you are when times get tough, you're more likely to be vulnerable and say, guys, I'm going through, some, through a tough time. I'm, I'm actually taking strain. I need someone to come around me and just gather around and pray for me and, and lift my arms up and, and encourage me. I, I love the picture of Aaron and her standing next to Moses on, on the hill and Joshua's down there. He's fighting this battle and Moses has his hands up in the air. But the moment that his hands fall, the moment that this act of surrender, this act of worship starts to, to dwindle, the enemy starts to defeat um, Joshua's army. But then, then when Aaron and her come and they lift his hands up, so Joshua starts to take ground and he starts to defeat. And it's such a beautiful picture of what it means to have true fellowship. Are we there in the midst of battle to lift people's arms up? Knowing that it's in that place that the battle actually starts to, to gain ground and we start to, to take, take ground and gain momentum in what's happening. Far too often I think people stand on the battleground alone not realizing that they actually have an Aaron and a her who they can call upon and say, guys, here I am. Please, please, I need some help. Even Joshua, as he fought on the battleground, had three men who dedicated their time to seeing him come to a place of victory. And they weren't even in his presence. So that doesn't even, I mean, the reality is even in the, the distancing of life, we can still contend on behalf of those around us. Like, I mean, I look at Emmanuel and Jen and moving to Cape Town doesn't mean that we can't pray on their behalf. Lord, I just, just trust for them. Doesn't mean that they can't make a phone call and say, Nick, it's been, it's been tough. We've had those chats. Um, we get to contend. We get to have that moment. Aaron, Hur, and Moses were not standing in the presence of Joshua. But I tell you this much, they had incredible relationship. And they who knew who was wielding that sword down below. He wasn't a stranger. And, and I've just had a stirring in my heart as to... Do we know people? A friend of mine once shared a story of being out at a picnic, out on holiday. Just tired. He had, it, he had been working hard. He, he, he leads a church and it was, he was a, in a tired state. And his wife met with a lady and she called him over to come sit at this picnic table at the holiday resort that they were at. And this guy was zoned out, the, the wife was talking to this lady and he felt God say to her, look at her eyes. And he said, they're blue, Lord. He said, look at her eyes. He said, they're blue, Lord. He said, look at her eyes. And he saw brokenness. So woman was in the process of going through a divorce and happened to find herself staying at the same place as them while they were on holiday. 
we can say, well, that's just a strange coincidence, but the reality for them was they were placed there with a purpose. But this guy needed to look beyond the color of her eyes to see the hurt and brokenness in her eyes. And at that point, there was a compassion within him, reclining at the table. They got to speak life over this lady, got to speak restoration over this lady. They got to present her with the same mercy that Jesus spoke of in, in, um, in Matthew. So my prayer over us is that we will be intentional with seeing people, genuinely seeing people. I think often I, I think to myself, people aren't interested in connecting. That, that they'll do me a favor by wanting to connect for a cup of coffee or they'll do me a favor for, for popping in for a bra because it's not actually something that they're wanting to do. It's something that you know, they almost maybe feel obligated in the moment. But one thing I've learned in the last while is that actually people are more desperate for fellowship than we realize. The first series that we ever ran in this church was called our Flask and Fellowship uh, series. And the purpose of it was bring a coffee and come together and connect. I belong to a WhatsApp group with church leaders in this area called Coffee and Conversations. Every now and then we get together, we have a coffee and we just chat. How are you? What's happening? Are you doing okay? Shanae and I went for... Uh, a breakfast with friends of ours the other day. They also lead a church in the area. And we were sitting and we were busy chatting and we were reclining at the table. And he turned to us and he said, how's your marriage? Are you guys okay? What's happening in your marriage? We had coffee with another church uh, leadership couple out in Durban a little while ago. Same thing. How's your marriage? He started asking some pretty intense questions. John, do you feel safe? Like, where are the areas that you don't feel safe in the marriage? Jeepers, like this is hectic. But you know, it was good because we got to, to actually open up and be vulnerable with people who cared about us. Saying, are you guys okay? I don't want to hear that you have marital problems after the fact. We're going to engage with you now and ask that question. Are you guys all right? What's happening? One of these gentlemen sent me a voice note when I was ministering in Kenya last year, saying, Nick, I'm worried about your wife. Shanae was at home with the kids with COVID. I was out living my best life in a foreign nation. Um, and, and I was so grateful to have someone who cares enough about us to be able to send me a message, even though I was in a foreign nation. And he knew I could do nothing about it in that moment, but he said, Nick, I'm worried about your wife. He says, my bud, be careful that you don't neglect her. Just have a sense in my heart that she's feeling a little bit worse for wear. And she was. She was feeling lonely and she was feeling isolated. So that doesn't mean that I, I don't go on ministry trips, but I've got to be intentional with my time with her. I've got to be intentional with, with looking after her. But I've got friends who are willing to ask these questions. And, and, and I'm asking us to be vulnerable in the questions that we ask of those around us and be intentional in getting to know them. Let us be willing to recline at the table with those that potentially we don't have much in common with. With those that, and it's not that we make people an agenda or a project. 
It's a sincerity in loving people. So I love about your guys' story is it's so authentic and so natural. And, and I'm going to ask you guys to pray over us for, for this thing. Just speak life over it. I really sense that there's something happening in this area. But people are hurting. We've gone through a season in Belito where people are hurting. And, and there's a bunch of wounded and broken. I mean, even amongst ourselves. Are we, are we prepared to say, listen, I need help? Are we prepared to fight battles on, on behalf of others? I just love that, that song, and it says there, this is how we fight our battles with praise and worship. There's something about that. But it's also in unity and fellowship with one another that people don't have to do this alone. When my, when my niece passed away, and I did a memorial, one statement I made, I said, please make sure that this journey for my brother and Ash is the least lonely it needs to be. That's my request of everyone sitting there at that memorial, was make sure it's the least lonely it needs to be. We've got to make sure that the lives that people go through, the things that they endure, the least lonely that they need to be. I'm going to ask you guys to come up and pray for us. I think just before we, we start praying, um, something was just on my heart here, and hopefully it comes up making a bit more sense. But just feeling it's a, a picture of a, a wheel with spokes in it and kind of this understanding that in order for the wheel to get motion and start spinning and moving toward where it needs to go, the spokes all need to be in place because they all support the wheel equally. Um, and there's a part of the people that are here in this room to be able to before reaching out and opening up, as Nick mentioned, opening up the table for others to come in, to be reaching out and, and to one another, um, and to be helping where one of the spokes are broken or, or hurt or damaged or and whatever that looks like, for there to be this, this reaching out, supporting, restoring, fixing, uplifting uh, space. Um, and then in doing that in when this, this, this the healthiness of every spoke you start seeing movement happening in the way it should be happening um, and the togetherness that that forms the center of all of that so yeah I just want to pray pray to that initially and so Father God I thank you for the people that are here um, I thank you also for those who aren't here for the folkers who are away right now Lord God but Lord I'm praying for a Sense of, sense of togetherness yeah, first and foremost Lord but a togetherness like like that, 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 that hasn't even happened yet, a depth of togetherness Lord, Lord I'm praying for the God for areas of brokenness uh, within, within the space Lord God that there will be an openness to be able to say hey can you help and uh, discernment and insight from each other to be able to say, hey, can I pray with you? Can I help you? Because I'm sensing something. Um, Father God, for, for us to take risks with one another, you've got more for us, Lord God. You've got more for each of our journeys. You've got more in store in our plans. And it's not a space for us to be stuck because of brokenness, because of shame, because of sin, because of 
hurt because of anything that's holding us back, Father God. You've got a story set uh, in motion and you've got a next step for us, Father God. But I just feel that we need to be taking that as in a space that's whole. And it starts within this room, Lord. So I pray for each person's story. I pray for each person's journey, Lord God, and, and how you can knit each person together very, very closely to really understand where your word says that we are not a fixed creation or a better version. We are a new creation. You know, where you show us, Lord, because of Jesus, that we have the righteousness of God and and we don't have to feel live lives that are um, condemned or, or lives where we feel like we, we, we have to hide in shame because of things of the past or, you know, you've given us real true freedom, Father God, and wholeness because of who you are, Lord God. So start with us, show us, Holy Spirit, how to work with one another to be able to build up. I'm just reminded again that all the gifts that you give, Holy Spirit, is to build up the church, is to edify the church. And I pray that you'll use each person, yeah, through your Holy Spirit to build up the next person. Um, just to a fullness of who we are, of who we are in your church, um, and just to more become more and more like Jesus, like you planned for us, Lord. So stop with us, yeah, Lord God, so that when we open the door and we invite the neighbor and the stranger and the lonely to come and feast and to come and be at a table, Lord God, they can see something different about us because you've started a work within us that uh, then overflows. Lord God, I'm reminded of John 10.10 10, and I'm just declaring that scripture as something real true for the people in the room here yeah, that, um, that you, you, you have come to bring life and life to the overflow that is not just a life that's kept for ourselves but you first you want to reveal what real life looks like for us but something that then bubbles over and abundantly flows out into everybody else's lives Lord God that you haven't come to steal kill and destroy but come to bring that life Lord God and the devil's still there stealing wanting to kill wanting to destroy but he doesn't have grandeur Lord God, I declare that, Jesus, you have authority over the lives and the families of the people. Yeah, Father God, and you're doing an amazing work. Continue to do the work, and the devil has no authority in the lives of the people over your children who are here. Do something in our hearts, Lord God, that we don't stay the same. Yeah, Lord, I just pray for all of us here that you would give us eyes to see people as you see them, Lord. People may look successful and, and thriving and all of that, but you see beyond that, Lord, and help us to see where there's a need, where there's loneliness. Give us the words to say where we feel inadequate, where we don't know what to do or say to help. Will you give us the words, Father, as we step out in boldness and in faith? Lord, we, we trust you that, that you are loving people through us and that we actually... Don't need to do much except just listen to your voice as you guide and lead us, Lord. And Lord, I pray as well, just as a broader church for unity mm. amongst us, amongst the churches in this area, your church, Lord. I just once again just want to pray for unity because that's what it's actually all about is drawing people closer, bringing everyone together, and just reflecting your goodness and your love, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your promises. Even as what came out in the, the preach last week, Lord God, that we can just have this 
in the season that this church is in, in the season that its people are in, Lord God, that you will just keep us focused on the most important things to do while you do the rest. To be in an intimate space with you, Lord God. To be in the spaces of contending for others in prayer uh, and in deed, Lord. Um, and just to be continue to focus on, on, on those key things and not lose sight. Not lose sight of the call that you've given. To continue to sow seed, to continue to work swill, to continue to trust that it's you who grows uh, grows things, it's you who brings fruit, Lord God. It's not us, but we have a role to play, Lord God. And as we continue to do that, we thank you for the work that you're doing in our own lives, in our own hearts, Lord God. And I'm really trusting that for each person in the room here, in a six months' time, in a year's time, there's a marked difference and a noticeable difference of who they are in you, of how they see themselves as a child of God, in their identity in you, and in their fruitfulness, Father God, but out of a space that comes through your Holy Spirit, that comes through your strength. Lord God, I thank you that your word's very clear, that you know each and every person here before the beginning of time. I thank you that you prepared works in advance for your glory, Lord God, and I pray that you will complete the works that you've started in each person's lives and heart, yeah, Lord God. And Holy Spirit, right now, as you do, that if there's conviction, if there's areas of needs, that you'll put it on each person's heart right now, Lord God. And it will not be left. But people will just come together and say, hey, I need help. Can you help me? Can you pray with me? Can you walk a journey with me, Lord God? That, that, I, I trust, Lord, that you will start this work that things will change and, Holy Spirit, you will bring people to more and more of the likeness of Jesus to impact Palm Lakes, Tinley Manor and beyond as you are with and, and, and have a plan that is perfect and a season that is perfect for Adventure Church and its people. In Jesus' name. Amen.